This is the Artisan CEO Podcast, Season 4, Episode 7. On this episode, we'll be talking about how to plan out your year in manageable, bite-sized chunks so that you can actually make progress on those big goals you've been moving from one year to the next. We'll be covering the exact process Matt and I used to run our own year-end meeting, the same one I teach my Brand Photography Academy students, so that you can head into January feeling capable and confident instead of overwhelmed and listless. Welcome to the Artisan CEO, where the art of photography meets the business of profits. This is where strategy and craftsmanship coexist so that you can run a creative business that supports a life you love. I'm your host, Abby Grace, and I promise to give it to you straight. Before Matt and I started working together as business partners, I ran my business more like a fun hobby that, you know, happened to earn me some money um, instead of like an actual business. My systems were super disorganized and I often found myself building things from the ground up when I should have been repurposing content that I had already created. Think like writing and rewriting the same emails over and over instead of, you know, just taking five seconds to save it as a template. And so my concept of quote unquote yearly planning looked like writing up a sort of New Year's resolution type of wish list of goals. Like, wouldn't it be nice if by the end of the year I managed to accomplish these crazy huge goals? And then, of course, I would lose track of that list of goals until like November or so, at which time I would rediscover the list and then completely despair over not having accomplished any of the goals that, if I'm being honest, I had forgotten about for the last 11 months. And it was all because I wasn't running my business like a business. I was behaving like a starving artist or like a girl with a dream, not a CEO. And then I had the nerve to grumble about the fact that things weren't growing like I wanted them to when I hadn't put in any of the work in order to make them do that. So I had these dreams that were absolutely within reach, but because I had never mapped out a plan to make those happen, I found myself writing and rewriting this same wish list of goals year in and year out. And the experts say that a goal is just a dream until it's written down, right? Well, I've also learned that a goal cannot be realized and acted upon if it's not in front of you on a daily basis. And I don't mean just pasting the list of goals on the wall behind your computer screen, hoping that it will manifest itself into reality, because I have also tried that tactic too. (laughs) I'm talking about making an actual business plan and then regularly reviewing those goals and, and making an action plan that breaks down those yearly goals into quarterly and weekly chunks and then using those to inform what you do on a day-to-day basis at work. I am not perfect at this. Matt and I have been working together since 2015, and we still face the end of every year with goals left undone. So this is a discipline that you will get better at with each passing quarter and each passing year. Real quick, before we get into the meat of today's episode, I wanted to let you know that for the first time in almost six years, I am hosting an in-person educational experience, the Brand Photographers Workshop. The Brand Photographers Workshop is a three-day jam-packed event for brand photographers who want to take their client work to the next level. We're going to have classroom sessions. We're going to have a shoot with a real client where you'll have the chance to watch me at work, watch me instruct on lighting and posing, and then where you will have the chance to test out the landscape for yourself with on-the-ground feedback from me in real time. I am so excited about this. Our last workshop was in 2018, and as much as I love the convenience of online education, there 
there is something irreplaceable about in-person events. You've got the ability to build muscle memory as you learn and then immediately try something for yourself, the serendipity of those life-changing events that happen over long, lingering meals, the ability to connect with the community, and so much more. So if you've been searching for your next educational opportunity and want to level up your skills as a brand photographer, this workshop is for you. The dates are March 19th to the 21st in Bluemont, Virginia, and you can find the full details at abbygrace.co slash workshop. Spots are extremely limited. We just launched this to our BPA students and space is already filling up. So head on over to abbygrace.co slash workshop to reserve your spot for the first ever brand photographers workshop. Last time that's abbygrace.co slash workshop. So getting back to planning, you don't have to keep a January to December schedule. Lara Casey, she's the founder of Cultivate, the originator of Power Sheets. She always says there's nothing magical about January 1st. So if you are not listening to this episode until July, that's fine. I do think that it's easiest to think in terms of the calendar year just because so much of the world goes based off of a January to December schedule. So if you're listening to this in July, that's fine. Just plan through the end of December and then start again next January. So we're going to set the due date for these goals as December 31st of this year. If you've ever heard anybody talk about yearly planning or quarterly planning, you've probably heard them mention the book Traction by Gino Wickman. Um, If you've never done formalized planning, that's fine. This is the first introduction you've heard that's okay too. But Traction was one of the books that we read when we first started out um, with the whole yearly planning, like formalizing it, not just writing down a wish list of ideas. But when we were actually taking our goals seriously and how can we make progress on this throughout the year, it started because Matt read a book called The 90 Day Year. And then we used Traction as the jumping off point, almost like a step-by-step instruction manual. Um, So Gina Wickman, the author of Traction advocates for beginning with a 10 and a three year goal before he jumps into planning the year. I want to keep this episode relatively short. So if you want a detailed explanation on what that entails, we have linked to Traction in the show notes. I will tell you the book is a bit dry, but it was enormously helpful when we were getting started with yearly and quarterly planning. So as overly simplistic as this might seem, We are going to begin your yearly planning with one basic question, and that is how much would you like to make this year? It doesn't, that's not the only question that we're going to answer, but that is one we're going to start with. If you're not sure how to figure out that number, take last year's revenue and multiply that by 1.15, which will result in a 15% growth for this year's goal based on last year's numbers. So that is your goal for December 31st. 15% growth, that's a pretty reliable number if you are looking to make more this year than you did last year. So I mean, speaking from experience, as tempting as it is to want to double your income, barring some kind of like breakout success or like viral products or something like that, that's not typical for most businesses. 15% is a good standard rule of thumb. I will say this, if you're just as happy making the same amount this year as you did last year, do it to it. I do recommend adjusting for inflation so that you don't end up keeping less of what you made. But if you're content with your current earnings and you don't feel like that bottom line needs to change, that is fine. We live in a culture that constantly pushes more, more, more. And there is something beautiful and noble about looking at what you have and saying, you know what? This is good. I'm content. But on the flip side of that, there's also nothing wrong with wanting to push for more. The crucial thing here is knowing what is enough. What does enough look like for you? So for example, me, I would love to put an addition on our house. I would also love to invest in Disney Vacation Club and be able to pay for our kids' college in full, which means saving for that now. 
but we don't have our sights set on like a second home or luxury vehicles or designer goods simply just because that's not really where I want to put my money. And if that is where you want to spend, that is fine. You just need to be able to enunciate what are you aiming for? What will satisfy you? How much will be enough? And that's where having that 10 and three year goal written out can be helpful so that you're not constantly chasing more and more and working yourself into the ground each year if you're actually at a place where you feel like you can level out for a bit. So once you have your revenue goal, which again, that's last year's revenue increased by 15% or your revenue number multiplied by 1.15, open up a Google Doc or use a large piece of paper or a whiteboard. I want you to write that number, whatever the 15% increase is, under the due date of December 31st of this year. And then after determining your revenue goal, I want you to choose one to two KPIs or key performance indicators. This is just a solid number or a fact that you can point to as evidence that you have reached your goals. So the easiest indicator for most photographers will be a certain number of clients or shoots booked per year, maybe even adding in a dollar amount that you would like to achieve for each booking. So for example, I want to book 20 brand shoots at $2,500 per client, or I want to have 12 yearly subscription clients. Those are indicators that you can check in with along the way to help you see if you're tracking with your list of overall goals to eventually help you reach your target income for the year. Next, it is time to dream. This is the fun part, the part that most people skip over after ignoring the need to set anchors like the three and the 10-year goal or setting realistic income goals for the year. So when setting your yearly goals, choose three to seven of the most important projects or targets to complete by the end of the year. And the keywords there are by the end of the year. You're going to space these out over the next 12-ish months. Don't do what I normally do with like, oh, here are my seven goals. And like, I need to do them all by the end of the first quarter. You don't need to do that. You have 12 months. <laughs> so pick three to seven of the most important projects or targets that will help you keep on track for your three-year picture and eventually your 10-year goal. These must be what every goal coach in the world refers to as SMART goals. So S of SMART stands for specific. Don't just tell me you want to book more clients. What do you want to book them for? Do you want to book half-day clients? Do you want to book full-day clients? Maybe do you want to sell out mini sessions or headshots, something else entirely? Um, If you offer another type of service like weddings or family portraits, then separate out your goals for each branch. So maybe you say, I want to book 10 full-day brand shoots, and then another goal is 15 family mini sessions or something like that. So they need to be specific. Then they need to be measurable. How many clients do you want to book? We need a number here. Keeping your goals as measurable as possible eliminates any kind of ambiguity over whether or not you reached that goal and then gives you a specific number or KPI to reach for. So just writing down, increase the value that I give to my clients, that's not measurable at all. Whereas a referral from every client, that is a measurable goal. They need to be attainable. Is this goal realistic? Is it reasonable given the resources that you have access to? And this doesn't mean that you're limited to dreaming small, but I want you to reach your goals at the end of the year and feel content with what it is that you accomplished instead of frustrated that you failed to meet goals that were far beyond your ability to reach that year anyway, which is exactly what I used to do. Set these crazy high goals that were never within reach, maybe not for that year, and then I would like Debbie down on myself because I wasn't superwoman. I don't know why we do this, but we do. So they need to be attainable. Next, they need to be relevant. 
does the goal support your overall vision for the business? Um, a few years ago, I wrote a film course on like how to shoot analog film, and it's just sitting in a Google Doc. It is 80% complete, but at this point, I don't think that we're ever going to launch it because it's just no longer relevant to where we're headed with brand photography, clients, and education. Then finally, so is it specific? Is it measurable? Is it attainable? Relevant? Finally, is it time sensitive? You've got to give this goal a due date. That's what we're going to be doing on the quarterly basis as we map out those what we call big rocks. So some questions to consider as you choose your three to seven projects or targets. Firstly, is there any kind of new hire that you would like to make for the new year? Any support that might need to be brought in to help maintain those new projects? For example, I knew that as we expanded the education side of our business, we were going to need some additional administrative support so that Matt could focus more on the integration and customer support side with like our courses. So one of our 2021 goals was to hire a part-time virtual assistant, which we did. Next, are there any new skills that you need to acquire? Maybe a course that you might need to take or a workshop that you might want to go to or a conference you'd like to attend. Maybe a coaching program that would actively support your efforts. That's something that you're going to want to budget for and then make time for. Also consider how many streams of revenue do you have? Something to keep in the back of your mind is the more streams of revenue that you have, the less affected your business is going to be by upheavals in the market like a slow economy, global war, seasonal ebbs and flows, even a pandemic. So maybe you photograph brands and weddings. Okay, so that's two streams of revenue. But if you've also been considering offering some kind of digital product like stock photography, that's another stream of revenue. Do you have any companies that you do affiliate marketing for? That's another stream of revenue. If you've ever watched the video, it's called Big Rocks by Stephen Covey. He advocates for filling, it's, it's just a short video from like the 80s. You'll have to pardon the bad fashion. But maybe it's from the 90s. I can't tell the difference anymore, honestly. Um, but anyway, he advocates for filling your bucket first with the big commitments, um, the ones that are the most important to your business and to your life. And then once you've put those larger rocks into the bucket, then you can start to fill the space between the big rocks with smaller, more fluid obligations and tasks because otherwise what happens is that we fill our calendars with the small stuff and then simply hope that the big stuff will magically make room for itself and then you're going to find yourself out of time and frustrated that you've missed out on the things that matter most and the the projects that could have moved your business forward in really big ways if you had just prioritized them well. If you've ever heard Parkinson's Law, it states that work expands to fill the time available for its completion. So if you have a project and you estimate that it's going to take you about three months to complete, then surprise, it's going to take you three months to complete. But if you've given yourself a month with hard, non-negotiable deadlines at the end, you can be sure that it's going to take you a month. So Parkinson's Law means that by deciding ahead of time how much time you want to allot for a particular project, you can be more certain of getting the big stuff checked off instead of being left to pick up the scraps of time that are left over once you're done with emails and editing and all the other minutiae that fill up your day. And I don't know about you, but... I don't want my family to get what's left of me at the end of the day. I want them to get the best version of me that still has energy to go outside and play, to walk to the playground, or take a trip to our favorite ice cream shop in town. I, I can't do that if I'm accidentally giving all of my best time away to my work. So time with family is a big rock for me. So we have to plan in advance where that big rock is going to take up space. 
Same thing goes for wanting to launch a new course or host an in-person event. I have to decide now where on the calendar that's going to take up space. I cannot hope that a big effort like that is just going to happen when I get these random bursts of energy. So it goes on the calendar now to make sure that I have adequate time to prepare my material, to craft a marketing plan, and then to execute that marketing plan. So go ahead and get out your calendar, whatever that looks like. If you're using the physical calendar, get your dry erase markers, and then we're going to get after that. After choosing your three to seven yearly goals, then we start to fill in our calendar again so we can start to see where the big rocks fit into place so the little ones can fit in around that. I use different color dry erase markers when I'm filling out that calendar just to help me easily decipher relevant information as I'm looking for it at a glance. Um, Again, more on that in a second. So I start by filling in, number one, any kind of personal or family time. Because like I mentioned, family time is a big rock for me. I want to make sure that that is sacred and set apart. So I use a black marker to fill in holidays, holiday breaks, personal days like birthdays or anniversaries, any vacations that you already have planned or booked. Um, If there's any other kind of time that you want to protect from work, this is where we're going to put that on the calendar. Uh, Let's say your kids are home for two weeks during Christmas and they've got their spring break and they've got their summer breaks. Put all of that on the calendar now. If you're not sure when a family vacation might take place, it's okay to wait to fill that in until you've got like shoots and client obligations on the calendar. That's fine. Secondly, I then pick up my green marker and I fill in any booked client shoots, any conferences, anything that you already have hard dates for that is work related. Um, If you do any other kind of work like weddings or families, go ahead and fill those in here. Maybe there's a consistent day each year like, oh, always the third Thursday in May, I do mini session marathons. Then put that on the calendar now so that that doesn't sneak up on you. So now that you've got your work obligations mapped out, then if you've got like, I know I want to take a week for vacation this summer, but I don't know when that's going to be. Now you can go in and set aside whatever vacations that you want to take, but maybe you haven't booked yet. And again, that time can be kind of fluid. Um, We typically mark off, like I'm looking at my calendar right now, we have the week before my mastermind uh, in November marked off. We don't know where we want to go or even if we're going to go anywhere, but I was like, I know that I want to take some kind of family time in November. So let's go ahead and mark that week off so that we don't plan something and then like wish we'd saved that time. We can always book work during that time if we decide we don't need that vacation, but I would rather set that week apart now and have it reserved in case we want it and then backfill with work later if necessary. And also do yourself a favor. Go ahead and account for like getting back into the rhythm time afterwards because for me, after I come back from vacation, I don't want to like get back from the beach on a Sunday and then Monday have to depart for a brand shoot that's taking place somewhere that I have to fly to. So I like to allow a couple of days of getting back into the swing of things, catching up on my inbox so that I don't feel like I'm coming back into the office and my hair is immediately on fire because I don't babysit my inbox while I'm out of the office. We do have an assistant. She attends to that and she'll let us know if there's like something major that comes up. But I want to have like a day or two back in my office before I have to be anywhere or go shoot anything. All right, third, we pick up a red marker and we're going to fill in any launches or sale periods. So for example, Black Friday, if you run any kind of Black Friday sale, put that on the calendar now because when you start looking at your Q4 plans, you don't want to get, like you want to be able to account for that sale period when you're planning for Q4, not getting to the week before Thanksgiving and being like, dang it, I now have to create a sales page and sales emails and I have to start talking about the sale and I haven't done anything and then you end up doing it with half effort, and it doesn't perform the way that you want. Can you guys tell I'm speaking from experience here? This is for sure happened to me. And like more recently than you'd 
probably like to think. Anyway, so we're going to put those sale periods on the calendar in red now. Again, you want to account for brain space before and afterwards. Give yourself ample time to prepare for those sale periods. Nothing is worse than scrambling to throw together like a Black Friday sale the week before Thanksgiving um, because then you end up missing out on time with family over the holidays because you're trying to do work that you could have done a month and a half ago if you had just looked ahead and filled things out ahead of time. Next, you're going to pick up a purple marker and Fill in any important meetings. So your year-end meeting, put that on the calendar now. Your quarterly meetings, put those on the calendar now. We always do our quarterly meetings roughly a week and a half before the beginning of the next quarter. Um, So if you set aside a certain day to do tax prep, that kind of thing, fill that on your calendar now. Fifth and finally, now we are going to fill in availability for new client shoots. I don't know if you already do this, but I like putting a little orange dot on my calendar for any day that I am available to book a client session. I book all my brand shoots Wednesdays and Thursdays, sometimes Tuesday, but for the most part, Wednesdays and Thursdays. And I like to go through my calendar at the beginning of the year and based on other work obligations that I have, vacation time, family days, whatever, I fill in my availability based on those so that if I'm on a client call, like a discovery call, and we're talking about, hey, what day do you want to book your shoot? I can look at my calendar and I don't have to decide in the moment, do I feel like booking a brand session the day after my husband's birthday? Or should I book a, like accidentally booking a brand session on your anniversary? Like all of those days have already been accounted for and the orange dots represent me having taken a look at my calendar with a cool collected frame of mind and deciding now in December, when do I want to work in 2024? So I can just pull those dates off the calendar when I'm talking to a client and present them as available. So I have orange dots on Wednesdays and Thursdays of all of my available weeks. And then once one of those dates gets booked, then those orange dots get erased from the day that it's booked on and the day next to it because I only book one brand shoot per week. Because predetermining when you're able and willing to take new bookings eliminates the need to decide in the moment when I want to shoot a client's brand session. Like either the space on the calendar has an orange dot or it doesn't. And I don't have to feel guilty about saying, I'm so sorry, I can't make that day work. And I don't have to shoot myself in the foot later for booking a shoot, you know, the week after vacation because the wiser, again, more collected version of myself already determined when I should and should not say yes to a session. This way, my availability, I can be confident that that is based on my ability to be able to offer my clients my best work without feeling stretched too thin. So that calendar then gets stuck to the wall in my office and it stays there throughout the year. And I make updates to that as soon as something new is scheduled. So as soon as a client confirms that a date works for them, I write that on the calendar. And again, that's actually usually happening while I'm still on the discovery call with my client. So we want to keep this calendar as truly a year at a glance calendar, which means not filling it in with every meeting and every appointment that you book. This is helpful in establishing those big picture rhythms of your business for the year. And if you clutter it up with like dentist appointments and client meetings, it's going to be hard to see the overall snapshot and the seasonality of the year ahead. We're almost done, I promise. The last part of the year-end meeting is determining what needs to happen, what we should prioritize in the first quarter of the year in order to stay on track with our overall yearly goals. Because I don't know about you, but there is something really de-energizing about sitting down at your desk in mid-January and knowing that you still have like 300 plus days to complete those three to seven big projects on your list for all of 2024 because it doesn't feel relevant or urgent and I tend to drift and procrastinate a lot. 
So instead of staring down the barrel at a full 365 days, Matt and I work in 90-day, three-month chunks, which has done wonders for our ability to complete the projects that matter most, which is where the quarterly system comes from. Working quarterly keeps you motivated by shortening the time in which you have to complete quarterly projects. And then it also helps you keep tracking on those big yearly projects by breaking them down into smaller, more manageable pieces. So instead of staring at your goal of earn $60,000 this year and then wondering how on earth you're going to do that, you might break that down into earn $15,000 this quarter by booking X number of brand shoots, which feels much more doable. So determining your quarterly rocks, which is just another way of saying your projects, the rocks term comes from Stephen Covey. Determining your quarterly rocks comes down to this. What do you need to accomplish in the next 90 days that's going to keep you on track for your one year plan? So let's say one of your yearly goals is to host a year-end brand photography retreat at a cute location where your clients can spend a few days relaxing and planning for next year and maybe having great photos taken throughout. That's actually a great idea. You should do that. So even though that's not happening until end of November, early December, you probably need to reserve the location for that sometime soon, right? So a Q1 rock might be research and book the venue for the retreat. Or maybe one of your yearly goals is to book 20 brand clients. So that means you only need to book five this quarter unless, for example, we're taking maternity leave this summer. That would mean I probably need to book more like seven this quarter. So then we ask, where do we think those leads are going to come from? How can you proactively plan to get in front of your clients and your potential clients to grease the slide and make those five to seven bookings a piece of cake? Well, maybe you realize that your marketing game has been limited to Instagram stories and feed posts and you want to up your game by adding in a reel and a blog post every week. So then add those as rocks to your quarterly plan. You're going to want to come up with between three and seven rocks per quarter. So for us, this is a combination of hard goals or deadlines like launch Brand Photography Academy and reach X number of students. So we we have hard goals like that. But then we also have work rhythms that I want to cultivate, but that I'm still having trouble finding consistency with, like post one reel per week, which if I'm being honest, has been on my list of quarterly rocks for like two years. And I've never managed to hit it because I have a love-hate relationship with social media. Post those rocks, those quarterly rocks, somewhere that you can quickly reference every day. Maybe they're on a whiteboard in your office or on a piece of paper taped behind your monitor. And that, my friend, is how you determine what to work on day in and day out. Because simply telling yourself you need to book 20 brand clients for the year feels like, well, sure, it's January 3rd. I can put that off by a week, no problem. But if your goal is book five new clients this quarter, that can be simplified down into, okay, I had two people comment on my last post that they wanted to talk about brand photos. Okay, well then today I'm going to send them both a follow-up email. In order to make sure that we're tracking with our 90-day goals, Matt and I have a standing appointment on Mondays at 9 a.m. for a weekly meeting. And I go into detail about our itinerary for that meeting in season two, episode five of the podcast. The episode is titled The Most Valuable 30 Minutes of Each Week. Definitely give that one a listen if you are somebody who struggles with slow but steady progress on your big goals. Also, this is not sponsored, but if you're looking for some accountability and handholding with your yearly and your quarterly goals, my girl Denna Renee has an amazing coaching program called The Quarter Co. that has everything you need to find success in accomplishing those dreams and those projects, including the ones that you've been moving from one year's list to the next. I'll link that in the show notes as well. 
And hey, if this episode was helpful, I would love to hear from you. Come say hi on Instagram. Find me at Abby Grace Photo. I would love to hear what big projects you have dreamed up for this year. The one that we're finally making moves on that I have personally been moving from one year to the next for the last two years is hosting an in-person learning experience. So details for the Brand Photographers Workshop just dropped, and we would love to have you join us this coming March for three days of jam-packed education. Think of this as your brand photography lab where you can come and experiment without the added pressure of a paying client watching over your shoulder. Details and registration are at abbygrace.co slash workshop. One more time, that's abbygrace.co slash workshop. I cannot wait to see you there. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and head over to abbygrace.co slash podcast for even more resources to help you blow your clients away at your very next brand shoot. I'm Abby Grace, and I'll see you next time. Now, let's go get after it, shall we?